tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Mad Men fans. Welcome back to the Mad Men After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, talking about Season 7, Episode 9, New Business. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me on the panel this week, Sterling Cates is back. Hey, guys! As is Joseph Sanfilippo. Nice to be here with you guys. Unfortunately, Mr. Joe Braswell not joining us this week. He got stuck in a, a, a sudden case of the, of the traffic. Coachella. I think Coachella. he got stuck in a sudden case of the Coachellas. Is oh, what I think yes. Too, too much Coachella for always, one man. Always a struggle. Yes, but... Uh, we're going to break it all down for you. A Another solid installment, maybe without some of the dreams and semi-fireworks of last week, uh, further exploring Don's emptiness and his sort of renewed uh, pursuit of... I guess he's always been looking for happiness, but he's he's trying to find a new definition of it. The old definitions no longer work. What did you guys think of this episode? It's been about seven seasons, and he still hasn't really ever found it. Well, that's I don't true. Think. Do you think he <laughs> so, ever will? Um, it's hard to say. It's hard we to say. We only have five episodes left, so. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Uh, you know, it's interesting, because to me, he's like the ultimate winner. You know, and it's funny, I, I love I love watching the show, because I always feel like the show is messing with me, because I always feel so much, so comfortable with the show when Don is at his donnest. Like when he's just sleek and slick, and he's dressed just right. It's not coming anymore, is it? I I, I love this so much, and I, it's the worst thing for him. He's, excell- he's so good at being Don Draper. Like, Don Draper is the ultimate winner at being Don Draper. I know that sounds stupid, but it's it's absolutely the truth. He is slaying it left and right, getting any woman he wants, doing anything he wants. He's a millionaire. He's still in great shape. He's living that life, and he's completely hollow and empty, and it's yeah. so bizarre. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter what he does. Nothing. That's, that's I think, the, the key thing here. When we talk about new business, this is him sealing off the old accounts, a.k.a. Megan, and trying to start up this new relationship with Die, who I was honestly stunned that they brought back. But having watched the episode twice, I think it's actually a very effective use of the character. Um, and we'll break that down. I want to I wanna jump in, though, at the top of the episode, where I was like, I was thrown for a loop. I'm like, is this a flashback? Because it's it's Don in the kitchen making chocolate milkshakes for uh, Bobby and Jean. And uh, I was I was legitimately confused for a second. I'm like, is this some sort of dream? Why is Betty there? But no, Betty and Henry went out for a fundraiser, and uh, Don is just spending a little time with the kids, giving them some dessert. And uh, my favorite part of this scene is Betty is getting a master's degree in psychology. Yeah, what? What would ev- her ever be qualified to do? Sterling, like don't be so. Oh, <laughs> oh God, there goes a Sterling, don't be surprised. People love talking to her. That's what she they said. trust her. That's what she said. We got we got some water got some spillage water in the studio, the, on the right on your there. notes. Yeah, yeah. Well. But uh, yeah, she's going in and she's getting a degree in psychology, uh, which it's just like coming full circle. After last season, she and Henry really kind of settled into this is our life. 
Like she had that one last kind of tryst with Don, and she was like, you know what? This is my life. I'm happy here. Let's just be happy. And that's what they're doing. And Don gets a whiff of that on the way out. There's this like wistful look. Well, you know what's interesting to me is I love the way they dress him for those scenes with the family. I love that when when it's when it's a family scene, he's wearing those polo shirts, you know, and he's got like it, it looks like he's dressed in 1959. It, it doesn't look like it doesn't look at all like it's a, you know it, it, it's the current time. But um, but it's it, it is it's got to be such a, a heartbreaking thing to to see your 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 boys being raised by somebody else, mm-hmm. and you're a visitor in what should be your life. But again, it's life the, the the life not lived. It's what I'm sure you guys talked about last week. Yeah, and it's a life that he gave up. Yeah, I feel willingly like he doesn't really have any desire to be that involved. He likes when they come on the weekends. Every other weekend, mm-hmm. he's there when he wants to be. But I honestly think he enjoys his. Yeah, I thought about that. I counted. He sees his children. Uh, maybe 50 days a year. Less, but maybe 50 days. And that's when he doesn't screw up and forget a date or something like that. Let me ask right. you guys a question about this, because I think this is, this is, this is, uh, to me, it's fascinating with, with the, if there's a corollary being drawn between Diana and Don. She doesn't feel because of what's happened with her, with her, with her, uh, with daughter. her daughter, and she's run away from the other one, so now she's punishing herself. She doesn't feel she deserves to be happy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe Don doesn't feel he deserves that kind of happiness, that kind of life? Do you think it's deserving or... See, I I don't know about deserve, but I do think that he's still open to the idea that it's possible and he still wants to pursue it. The reason why he's attracted to die in the first place is because he senses, not only does she remind him of his mother and she's a mother surrogate, um, but she, she he can sense that she's got the same existential dread that he does. Why else would she value herself so little that she assumed that a $100 tip meant that he was paying to have sex with her? Yeah. Um, well, I also just don't think Don is built for that kind of lifestyle. Like, he tried to have that with Betty and the kids, mm-hmm. but obviously didn't work out. Tried to jump, you know, into this relationship with Megan again, thought he was ready, wasn't. So he's quick to jump into these relationships that he thinks will last, but he loses interest. He really says that he's well. ready to die. He literally says, like, you know, I've been separated for a long time. I'm ready for this. Do you believe him? No. No. Not at all. I think he's just really quick to fall think he's in love or want to be in these relationships or want to change mm-hmm. or seek that fulfillment that he gets by being with a woman and whatever that means for him. But he also just is never really that committed to it. And I don't think he'll change that cycle in the next and last five episodes. But Di versus any of these other women who've been coming and going to his place is a contender for ownership of his heart, a contender for a real relationship, which he has not offered to any of these other women, and he's been separated, mind you, for months and months and months. She, uh, Megan's been gone for even longer. Yeah, it's so deep. He's he's so deep right now in 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 I don't know pimp swing, whatever the hell you want to call it, pimp swing. Listen he, to you, flip out. I'm making things up. He comes home. He gets on the phone with the service. I think this was last week. Yeah, episode. four girls. Four girls. You just pick which one, man. That's deep, and but but Diana at the the waitress at the shop. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's willing to drop everything and and, and become a creepy stalker because he stalks pretty, her. That was pretty creepy for weeks. Yeah, he has to go to the Tam Shanter to find her. Yeah. Well, the thing about Don is he always wants to <laughs> be in like serious relationships with unattainable women, hmm. whether they're married or not ready for a relationship. Or just but deeply Diana, depressed. Yeah, well, Diana's not in any position to be in a committed relationship with someone else. She's mm-hmm. obviously trying to mourn her daughter slash daughters. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't think she could even be 
capable of being in a relationship with Don. And well, that's like what draws him to her. Well, that's the thing. He understands. Uh, at first, he doesn't understand why. He just senses a kindred spirit. Then she admits, I lied to you. And he's like, already? Um, which is just, I think, this show almost in a nutshell, or people in a nutshell, is uh, I lied to you already. Uh, and he finds out about her daughter that this is the reason why she's so closed off, the reason for her existential dread. And he thinks, you know, maybe we can still we can still be something. Like, we can find happiness together. I can save her, and she'll save me right back. Uh, but the problem is, what we discover at the end of the episode, she has no interest in being saved or saving herself. She would rather live in torture till the end of her days. Well, she's, yeah. she's yeah, that's a choice. She's torturing herself. And I've got, I, I'm sure you do too. I know people in my life have done this. Absolutely. And it's, it is, you cannot help them. And I think Don recognized that. He walked right out the door. He didn't try to sell anything else. He, he was done. And, you know, I, what was interesting to me is, it, is what I thought, what the, which is such an interesting uh, choice, that they're always making interesting choices. They're such a good goddamn show. Anyway, so you, you see her her punishment cave that she's created for herself, mm-hmm. right? This terrible little one-bedroom, and it's empty, and it's hollow, and there's nothing going on. And you can you, you the entire episode, you're contrasting it with Don's punishment cave, which is bigger and more opulent and full of stuff, but... Equally empty at the end. There's, yeah. you know, and it's it, either way. It's the same exact thing. You're, 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 you're punishing yourself. Well, he's the one who accuses her of living in this horrible apartment, punishing herself. He's like, I've done that. I've been there. I've been you. Maybe not with a death of a child, but taking another man's life, a dead man's life, and throwing away a family, and having these kids out there probably hate my guts, who honestly, you know, I I still couldn't see myself being there for them on a consistent basis. Um, You know, you could change that. You could come be with me. But at the end of the day, when he comes home to that apartment, all he is left with our walls. That's it. Nothing there. Nothing. And it's interesting because in the past seven seasons, we've seen Don constantly use women to kind of forget everything else that's mm-hmm. going on in his life. But with Diana, when that happened to her and she was with Don and she said, you know, this made me forget everything that was happening and I never want to forget my daughter. So that's why she's kind of sending him away. So it's interesting that he's always trying to do that so he can forget, but she doesn't want to forget. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um... I want to talk about the difference between how Don treats women and how Roger treats women. Because we kind of get uh, a nice little window into both this week in their conversation about his divorce from Jane. And he says, you know, you got to make sure that she doesn't take everything from you, that she doesn't say, you stole my youth, my ability, my career, you know, a... And that's exactly everything that Megan says. Yeah, at the end. But she hadn't said it yet. Yeah. 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 The the difference was the silver hair, maybe. You've been there a little little earlier. Right. But think about the difference between how Don and Roger take that. Roger took it as an affront and just kind of like this silly thing and was just like, send you on your way with as little money as possible. I don't care about you. I never really did. I just wasn't happy in my marriage and I wanted some kind of distraction. I wanted something pretty to distract me. He never saw Jane as a person. Versus Don who, for all of his faults, the actual relationships that he has been in, even when he's being bad to them, he does care emotionally about these women, and he does care about the scars that he has left on them. He just can't stop himself from enacting the same 
negative behaviors that caused that damage in the first place. Which is interesting, right? Because it's the it's the the age old question: If you feel bad about it, did it change the fact that you did it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. like that's you I know mean, I've that's got that's a very good that, point. That's always the deal, right? Well, I feel bad. Well, I don't care if you feel bad; you still did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you feel bad, Don, about doing it, I get it. That's great. That's a, that's a that makes you more uh, it makes you more of an empathetic character for us to to witness. But in the but if, if, if this was a real world and you had really done this to someone, one way or the other, whether you feel bad about it or not, it, it's, it's immaterial. You did it. Over and over and over and over and over again. So it's interesting. I, I think it's a great question because it is. It is. They do the same behaviors. The behaviors are identical, mm-hmm. but but their their emotions about their behaviors are different. And and I, I feel like Roger has a little more uh, knowledge of himself. Maybe it's because of his acid trip and his his limp cigarette. Uh, but but his uh, he he seems to have a little more. Um, uh, a little more self-awareness than Don does. I feel like Don's more, uh, more uh, kind of like he's still trying to keep himself as an ideal in his head because he's still creating himself. But I think Roger has much more like, ah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Flander. It's what I do. You know, I, I, I threw some money at it. What am I going to do? That's what I got to do. Yeah. yeah. This is who I am. I don't care. And I never will have that's to. That's it. And, and that's, that's, that's who I am. Whatever. What do you offer me? Hmm. That's who I am. But then, oh, go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, it's not a secret that Don's just terrible at relationships in general. But whenever they do come and go, he always takes care of the women, like Betty and and Megan, financially at least, and mm-hmm. the kids. They're all taken care of, but it's him that like doesn't have anything left. Yeah. Now, there's an incredible contrast to this in uh, Megan's mother, Marie, whose behavior this week is pretty reprehensible. I love her. Um, she goes on and on and on and on and on. I hate what this man has done to my family. I hate what he did to you. You deserve more than this. Um, when she comes in with the records, Megan says, I took everything that I want. I can't, I, I think, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she says like something like, like disgusting. Like everything in this place she's not crazy about. But then, as much as she kind of takes advantage of Megan's trust and does what she thinks is in her best interest, and as much as she complains about Don taking advantage of Megan, her exact words to Roger when she tries to seduce him are, take advantage of me. Absolutely. So, why is it terrible for Don to take advantage of your daughter, but... As long as it's something that you want, as long as you're into it, it's okay for Roger to take advantage of you. You're not taking, you're not letting him take advantage of you. You are taking advantage of him, but you are putting it on him in the same moment. To me, it was just the mother kind of um, putting everything that she's experiencing with her own terrible marriage mm-hmm. on to Megan because I because the sister was. Marie France, who is the worst. Well, she was saying it was the failure, this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would think from the mother's standpoint, she would be happy if Don's this terrible person that Megan's, you know, taking it into her own hands at this point. But instead, she's just, you know, taking the opposite route there. So I don't don't know. It's like I felt like she was just uh, projecting what she feels with her own marriage onto Megan. Hmm. What do you think, Joe? I, I, I just people being people. I, that's what well, I love about the show. Maybe she's just French. They're just, they're, they're just, they're they're just, just French. French. <laughs> well, you know that, that's that's kind of true too. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting. I love the way they set it up because Marie Marie France is is the traditionalist, right? And mm-hmm. she says, you know, it, you, you can all go to the devil at, at one point or another because she's basically losing her mind. That you know, that, like if, if everybody does what they want all the time, it's all going to fall apart. <laughs> she's, she's got a point. Like if everybody constantly just does whatever they feel like doing, there is there there is no. There's no baseline. You're talking about Marie France's uh, comment at the end of the episode. Yeah, and uh, throughout the episode, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, remember, she's she's dealing with 
the kids, right? She's got the two mm-hmm. girls. Yeah. And so how when is the next time I'm gonna have a babysitter? Come on, let's go and do some fun things. Like she's that she's the mom who's tied down, who's living that that real life mm-hmm. and uh quote unquote. And and mom is much more flippity gibbet, but but tough. And Megan is just Megan just living for Megan. Mm-hmm. So so for her, it's like no. For her, there's a whole bunch of principled stuff this weekend. No, I, I'm not. I'm not sticking my toes in that. I'm not. This is not about a vacation. This is about getting this done. And for Marie France, it's like no. I've got a babysitter. I've got. I've got this real life. I can walk away from for just a few minutes. But as soon as she does, as soon as things start to unravel, she's like no. This I, you, you can't let this all fall apart. Which is interesting to me, because you have you have these three women from the same family, but one clings to the traditions mm-hmm. that she thinks mom has imparted onto her, and it turns out mom mom maybe hates to- the traditions. Yeah, mom maybe told her about them and told her that these were of value, but doesn't really live them. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know that until obviously at the end of the episode to find this all out. And uh, you know, and then Megan, who's truly living the more free spirited life of the three of them. Maybe yeah. the life mom would have wanted to live. I think you have an incredible point here, Joe. And and what I like most about it is you have, in, in Marie France, you have this woman who is afraid of this idea of people doing what they feel. Here in New York, everyone does what they feel all the time. Meanwhile, she's got a life, and that's... She has something concrete. She doesn't want to mess that up. She's afraid of the idea of people acting like free agents and, and doing whatever they want. Meanwhile, you have this, this mother who she tried that life and in her mind was ruined by it and is now Absolutely. doing what she feels perhaps incredibly irresponsibly and at the expense of everyone else because she is tired of giving. She's like, this one is for me, selfish, I'm cool with it, I don't care. Meanwhile, it really informs Megan and why she took so much crap from Don in their marriage is because she's used to taking crap from her entire family her whole life. She's been railing against it, trying to find some freedom. And here's this guy who offers her the illusion of freedom. He was a millionaire when they met. A millionaire who was her boss, who's romantic and handsome and can offer getaways to all these exotic locations. Uh, Finally, I'll be able to pursue my dream and be whoever I want to be. But because of who Don is and because of his his inability to really open up and invest in a relationship as much as he might want to, she's still just a reflection of Don Draper. Even when she's at that lunch with Harry, which, Harry, I've been saying it forever, snake. And last week, Joe Braz and and I think Isaac were both uh, telling me, no, he's not not a snake. You know, he's like, yeah, he's a little bit of a weasel, whatever. He is a disgusting pervert snake. I feel like for me it was overnight that he became, he was just like this he's that always really been that guy. It. But then when he made that move on her it was mm-hmm. just like the douchiest thing I've ever seen yeah. Harry do. This is, it, you, it was yeah. very hard for me to watch. But you know what's funny about it? I thought, I thought what this is not his first rodeo. That was smooth as shit. He reaches out and puts his, he puts his hand on her. I, 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 listen, I want to get on this right away. I'm not even hungry. I don't even want to eat. I, I, I've got a room upstairs. It's got a phone. Let's go upstairs and start making some phone calls. And I, I was like, he's done this before. There's no question. And this is worked yeah, in the past. Yeah, but not to his co-worker's oh, wife, who he used horrible. to be co-workers with. He, he's such a scumbag. But even in that even in that uh, that lunch, he says, how could Don have thrown you away? 
She is still a reflection of Don's choices, Don's actions. Of course. You should be this, you should be that, but all these men in your life have failed you. Let me be the man who will activate your life and get you on those lists. So, throw off the shackles of these other men who have failed. Harry Crane is here to save the day. Absolutely. Boo. No. <laughs> no I have so much vitriol to spray in his collective direction. Uh, before we move on, I just want to uh, quickly mention iTunes. Because you know, folks, and I say it every week, don't you dare skip ahead. I say it because it's true. The best way to support AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes, rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. Or if you're on YouTube right now, click that subscribe button and I'll tell you why. Our subscriptions, our ratings, our reviews, these are the metrics by which our sponsors decide whether or not to sponsor our uh, sponsor our wide variety of programming. And did you know that we put out over 100 hours of free what? after show? 100. Wow. 100 hours of free after show content every single week. That is the widest array of after show content anywhere on the web at any time. In you the can world, take that even. to court and I will win because it is the truth. Okay? Great. So, go to iTunes, rate and review the show. You also get a great shout out here on the show. Uh, I got two reviews here. Uh, the first one, good recap from Love Justified. Uh, enjoyed your re- uh, review and insight. Big AfterBuzz fan. Uh, Big AfterBuzz fan. Enjoyed it and look forward to this season. What will happen? Thanks. Uh, astoundingly splendiferous. Five stars from Bill Nye, PhD. Um, I was afraid for a hot minute that I would lose the ability to hear a Saul Goodman-esque voice talk to me about TV shows when Better Call Saul ended. <laughs> Never fear, fear the Madman After Show is here to deliver AMC quality analysis to the hungry masses. Also, this review took me 20 seconds to type up, you lazy bums. Get to it. <laughs> I appreciate that last bit. Um, I was accused on the Better Call Saul after show of having a Saul Goodman-esque voice mm. whenever I say lawyer, I guess. You bring it down I bring it just a little bit. But a lawyer. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Uh, so, we're still not done unpacking, I think, this, this Don stuff. I want to talk about Don and Pete, who have a brief exchange in the car um, on the way to golf. And Pete has this line where he essentially says, like, you know, um, I didn't know that your divorce was still going on. Uh, I keep trying to, you know, start over and find a new beginning. But what if, the like, the new beginning never comes or you never find you your never way back? What if you never get out of the beginning? Yeah. What if you never uh, finish the beginning? What if you never get past the beginning? That's right. the exact line. Yeah. Is what if you never get past the beginning? And it's a good point. Pete has been divorced now for a few years. He had a solid relationship going for him. Maybe the happiest he's ever what had. What happened with her? He moved back to New York for work. Oh. And that was it. Yeah, exactly. What a shame. I Walk away her. from that blonde sunshine. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have Yeah. But I stayed here. It's nice here. He's too addicted to the job. It's one of the crimes that all of the people in this office commit, is they continue to pour their heart and soul into the job when the job continues to take so much from them. Uh, especially Ken. Ken Cosgrove Ken last, you've group, last week. Already. Yeah. Uh, he could have gone to that farm, but he just had to stick it to them for not giving him that raise he and did. not respecting them. He did. And though. I'm so upset with him for it. But it's it's a fair point, because Don is looking for this new beginning, this new business, but Pete brings up a good point. What if it never comes? I mean, he's an aging, sloppy, what was it that Megan called That was vicious. Yeah. It was aging, sloppy, you no, know, she had another one for him, too. Yeah. 
The sloppy one was rough. rough. And so does the aging I one. I feel like that, the aging one was, was the, the harshest. Low, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is like this he behavior. Still looks great, I gotta say. He still looks great, but his behavior <laughs> is, that man's is, is the it's same. Right. You can say whatever you want, Joe Sanfilippo. His behavior now is pathetic. No, it's horrible. It's pathetic. It's always it's been horrible. pretty bad. It's always been pretty when has bad. It's never been good. But that's the thing is like when he was, you know, maybe 38 or 40, like there's still some kind of like, like, yeah, man, he's, he's doing his thing, whatever. Um, now that he is, let's say, almost 50 years old, he's like, th- he's like 48 now, 47, 48. It's looking real sad. Is that sleazy at this point? Oh, it's way way creepy, way sleazy. When you stalk someone for three weeks (laughs) to find their other place of employment. At the Tamashanter. At the Tamashanter. It's a little creepy. They've got great sandwiches. That's a a great sandwich bar behind them. If you're ever in L.A., that's that's the spot. Okay. But uh, here's here's my thing about this. Let me give my two cents. Number one, you guys are being a little harsh. I don't know if it's pathetic necessarily. I I say it's pathetic. Now, if if Pete was doing it, we would would actually be cheering for him from the sidelines because he's he's been so pathetic with girls for so long. Mm -hmm. But the difference, I think it's interesting to put them in the car together because here's Don, who is so good at being alone, Mm -hmm. you know, at least from from the male metric. Right, if you took it like a like a fifteen year old boy's guy's metrics, Don's a stone cold killer. Mm-hmm. He cannot be stopped. He's a millionaire. He lives in the penthouse. He's got a great gig. He gets laid whenever he wants. Don is killing it from a fifteen year old boy's point of view, and from a fifteen year old boy's point of view, Pete is absolutely completely in the gutter. That yeah. hairline, man, oh. it just gets worse I just and love worse Pete so much. Yeah, and who would have thought that that's how we'd feel now? No. Back then. That's so true. Because he was slimier and, you know, for whatever reason. He thought that he had something. He still had his arrogance, but he's been beaten down long enough that he's he's just got the job left, man. And That's the, it. Well, to me, the irony is they're they're both in the, in, in the same spot. Mm-hmm. They both have the failed marriages. They both have the kids they don't see. They both have partnership in a company that makes them a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. And and to see, it, it's interesting, though, because there, there's the 15-year-old boy in me that loves Don and hates Pete. Mm-hmm. And it makes zero sense intellectually when you look at it because they're in the exact same spot. Yeah. Do we think that Don will be able to find a new beginning by the end of the season? Do we think that that's even in the cards for him or even acceptance of who or what he is? It's really hard to say. Hmm. I mean, he's starting completely fresh, brand new apartment, basically. Yeah. No relationship. Which he could either be destroyed by that or it can be incredibly cleansing to shed yourself of everything that you have and everything that you are and start anew, which he's done before on far less agreeable circumstances. And I have to wonder, maybe there's something to shedding Dodd Draper altogether and trying to reclaim the Dick Whitman that was. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't. You know, it's it's one of those interesting things about money. You know, because now he's got so much, mm-hmm. he can have that apartment loaded up the next day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, he can sit down with a designer and say, uh, "Do something for me." And uh, by the end of the session, I guarantee he's in bed with her. Yeah. And and she has done his apartment up, and he spent you know thirty k or whatever he's going to spend, and the house will be, look great. And he'll never have an inch of input involved in it. He'll never make any choices. She'll make all the choices. So he can he can essentially rent. Isn't that what he did this time? That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So he can rent a new Megan without any kind of a contract. Oh. And and he can and he can rent have a new Megan. Honest to God, I'll think it through. I mean, that's that, that's that's what he could do. Or he could really sit down and build something on uh, for himself of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and figure out what it is. I want to see Don Draper at a furniture store buying his own furniture. Yeah. Well, do you think this is the last time we'll see <laughs> Megan? I think all? it might be. 
She could easily have one more appearance, but personally, I think that that million dollars, that scene is is the closure is the closure of this gap. It may just be within the lens of her mother is now living with Roger, which. God help him. Um, well, Roger definitely doesn't seem invested in that relationship. No. So I don't. I just don't see that. Is she, going is she far. staying with Roger? Did She's I miss staying that? with Roger. That, well, that's, that's what Marie France is crying that's what, about. That's what is assumed is happening. But yeah. I don't see that. She packed being... up her bags to go stay with some man. Oh wow! Some Roger. man from New York. How did she meet someone from New York? Yeah. I didn't. I, I thought she was maybe getting the hotel or because she has means, right? Her 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 husband has money, doesn't he? I mean, well, how much was, is he going to give her when he finds out that she's leaving him? Uh, yeah. Um, I want to just, before we move on to Pimo and Peggy and Stan and Elaine, uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, um, I want to talk about this scene between Dodd and Megan. It's their only scene together uh, on the in the entire episode. And he writes her a $1 million check. One million dollars, which is That's, which is what Joe like like three four five million dollars back guess. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a, a an unconscion- unconscionable amount of money. And she says, "This can't be real. Nothing about you is real. All you are is lies and smoke." And that's also cr- true. Well, cruel. Not everything. I think that for all of his faults and for all of his foibles, he may not have been able to be a good husband to her. But I think he does care about her. Yeah. I think he married her for the wrong reasons. Go ahead. Well, go d- well didn't in the mid-season finale before, last spring, didn't mm-hmm. she say, I don't want anything from you, like let's end this yeah. on a on good terms, blah, 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 and then we come back for the second half for the season, and then she just wants all this money and wants, you know, all this stuff to go on. I just didn't, I didn't expect that from her. Well, mm-hmm. well wait, wait, wait. What, what they said in the preview, right, if I remember right, that 5% of the company was worth one and a half million, right? And Don owns more than five percent, doesn't he? He owns, I think, fifteen percent. Okay, so you know that he's he's you know he's got it. He's got it. It's not like he's he doesn't have the money, and he had the money before she came around. And, and what's interesting to me is she's not going after the whole thing because I, I I don't think that she ever right she didn't want to. Wa- I think the, the the more accurate statement from my point of view is she didn't want to want the money. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah, make any sense? That, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, but the reality is she does need the money. Yeah, LA's she's not, not cheap. She's and, not booking. Yeah, you're not booking, and that's L.A. If you're not if if you're working, it's a great town. If you're not working, this place sucks. Yeah. Part, of, part of me didn't want her to take the check, just you know, to she, be. Yeah. I don't know. She but earned she it. She did, but that's fine. He but did. He was a terrible husband. I so. want to talk about the motivation of giving her the check, which is once again calling into sharp detail the differences between him and Roger, who would never be forthcoming with that kind of money. But in hearing the words come out of her mouth. And feeling so bad for himself that he agrees with her and agrees with everything that she's saying and hating himself and feeling so guilty for what he's done to her, he is signing this check and he is saying, go live an amazing life. I don't want to feel guilty anymore. I'm sorry for what I did to you. I hope that this maybe makes up for what I have done. But I can't live my life and feel guilty like this anymore. Well, it's a great way to close the door. And let's be realistic. When you've broken up with someone, whether you've been married to them or not, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. There's just, there's just nothing you can do to fix whatever it is you did. And I, I, I'm sure we've all been in that position where we've done something we wish we could take back. But you can't. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. Yeah. And and so if you're in a position to write a check for a million dollars, you're right. It is, it, is, it is something you can go, okay, well, 
here's this. I can't do anything else. I can't. Uh, I can't uh, unscrew the light bulb. But, but I can definitely give you this, and and hope and, and hopefully that'll mean something to you. I think it's a, it's a good gesture. I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And you don't want to be you know you know paying someone five hundred dollars here, five hundred dollars there, and no, then just be like an ongoing situation. Rip so for him off. to just, yeah just to give her the million dollars yeah. and end it. And then just two more points, and then I swear we'll get into Pimo. Um, one that earlier in the episode when uh, Marie says to Megan about the five hundred, you know. You took $500 from him like a whore. Um, do you think, how do you feel about, you said you were disappointed a little bit that she took the money. Uh, I'm sure that some people are disappointed that he's paying her off instead of apologizing for yet another time. I don't think that, I think that Marie's view of it is simplistic. And I think that sometimes when apologies will never be enough, better to give them something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's hard to say what I would do in that position. Mm-hmm. I probably would take the million dollars, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Did. But part of me wanted her to just like rip it in front of his face and drop the mic and walk out and hmm. not be a prep. And go not, sleep and with not, Harry. No, not go sleep with Harry, but then go make something of herself. You know, it, 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 we, we do live in a very practical world. You cannot, you can't pay your rent by telling your yeah, landlord, no. I made a really symbolic, important gesture. <laughs> no. It's like, write me a check. Don't but write also, me a symbolic gesture. But it's also television, and so I wanted that. That's true. You All know, right. It, it was interesting to me. I just want to say one last thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it occurred to me while we were having this conversation. You know that 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 great line from I don't remember which season it was. Maybe it was season four, season five, when he is having the argument with Peggy, and she doesn't feel appreciated. She doesn't feel that he that he. That's what the money is for. That's what the money's for. Mm-hmm. I thought about that because you know it's the same kind of thing. Well, yeah. I, here it is, and that's what the from the suitcase. For. Yeah, in season four. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about uh, Stan Rizzo, who's uh, feeling a little inadequate. At the top of this episode, he he's, is. He, yeah, he's been passed over for a Cinzano Vermouth ad uh, because Peggy feels that he is not a good photographer, and they bring in this sensual woman, Pimo, Pimo, uh. played by Mimi Rogers, um, who's just—it's always a pleasure to see her. And Pimo, wait a minute, no, it's not Mimi Rogers because Mimi Rogers played uh, it is, played it is Mimi, uh, Rogers. Mimi Rogers, but Mimi Rogers played uh, Rogers' first wife. It's it's Pima and it's Mimi Rogers. I promise. Okay. I promise. She also played his first wife. I don't know. I, I that's I that's don't think that's, so. that's too deep back in the in the, in the back in the day. But he, oh, it's boy. definitely Mimi Rogers. All right. Well, maybe we have egg on our faces right now. And if that's if that happened, I'm sorry. But that if that's we're just wrong, that. we're, we're we're in good company. The entire internet is wrong. Fine. Pima um, comes in and she shakes up Stan's confidence a little bit and. Uh, I love the line. She's like, I can feel the tension of how much you need my approval. Oh, it's so good. Or how much you want it. It's so, it's good. so good. And, and, and what better so line true. to hook a man than oh. that? Because um, no no man wants to admit that they are looking for anyone's approval. But God damn it, if he didn't want it after oh. she said so. Oh, she because well, she's bold enough to admit it. Yeah, it's so brilliant. And so mm-hmm. you've been in that position, right, where you you've met someone that you respect and you oh, admire, yeah. and, and and even if it's someone you're, you're someone you're competitive with, mm-hmm. you, you you do you want them to say you know, you're pretty. You want to hear it, you yeah. know, and, and and you know just to to have her come out and say that was so sexy. Holy crap! Yeah, and stands in this. Very very comfortable, but very kind of dull relationship with this with this nurse Elaine. Elaine. Yeah, yeah, and she offers for him to shoot her, take a few photographs, and they're not very good. Pima is not impressed. Not impressed. 
Um, but she still sleeps with him. In the well, room with the pictures of Elaine. Well, well, yeah. well what she said was, she said, uh, I, I thought she liked the pictures. She no. Was, she, she said she, that she said Elaine... She wasn't impressed. She said that Elaine wasn't worthy of him. And then and she... you see it in her eyes, right? But then she looks at them again and she says, well, drawing is a rare talent. Oh, okay. All right. And in yeah, that yeah, moment yeah. she's saying, these aren't very good pictures. I still think it's sexy that you can draw. Let me see what else you can do. And I don't think she was summarily impressed with that either. Because, or at least Stan is once again emasculated at the end, think, realizing, Peggy, yeah, because yeah, he's not special. Pima was just trying to get another job, or that's just who she is, and she just throws it at everyone to see if she can get a rise out of them. Like every other guy in the agency, and every other woman. Peggy, woman in power, respect. Mm. I want to take your picture, the look you're giving me right now. Which is not the first time Peggy's, uh, someone's made a pass at Peggy, uh, uh, lady style. No, that's, it was a while ago. But in any case... Um, lady style. No, I just it's nice, <laughs> it's nice to check in with Stan, who now has an existential quandary, much like uh, Donna, Roger, anybody else. Which is, he lies to Elaine... He says that not not only you know does he not admit to the adultery, but he says that Pima loved the photos, and he gives her a kiss, and you can see how conflicted he is. He's in something that is very comfortable, but it's it's called deeply into question. Can I do better? Pima has just poisoned this relationship. Now in his head, he's going to be wondering until the relationship ends, could I do better? Could I do better? Could I do better? Could I do better? And then we've also got this ongoing damn tension between Peggy and Stan in the room when he realizes that she made a pass at Peggy, too. And you can see the look on the guy's face, like, just looking at the two of them, of just, like, the words that are not being said here. Which is, he says Peggy's jealous. Peggy's not jealous. She's disgusted, as she always is with him when he makes these kinds of moves. She knows that he's better than that. Yeah, I still. I've always said this that I want Stan and Peggy to end up together. I don't know if I do because he's a philanderer, and a philanderer is not worthy. Well, I just don't think They're he's in a relationship. I don't think he's not in a relationship that he's happy with. The guy from or last week before. is not a, Stevie is not a philanderer. He is a yeah, lawyer, but he didn't even know he's that he's a he, lawyer. He yeah. didn't even know <laughs> that he <laughs> wanted. He didn't even know that he didn't want the veal. Come on. He, oh, I kind of that, forgot about him. Nervous. Oh, the look on her face was so great with that scene. I, I wasn't here, but that, that was so awesome. She's like, you don't, you don't even, you, you're not even going to argue because that, that's not what you ordered. That you yeah. don't even like that. Yeah. Like that was like, how, what kind of a wuss am I sitting next to? I'm trying to remember. There was one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and it was a, it was a dialogue, a dialogue thing that came up a few times. Like last week, there were a lot of um, mentions of departures, departures and arrivals. And this week, I don't even... Oh God, I can't remember. I'll post it on Twitter if I can remember. But uh, any other last thoughts on Peggy and Stan? No? All right. I think it's time for predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. All right. So, this show, impossible to predict. But we'll do it anyway. Sterling? Um, I predict that Don doesn't find this new love that we were expecting mm-hmm. um, and him to find that like family happiness. I do think hopefully he'll gain some independence with maybe buying some furniture or starting a life, you know, as an independent person. Um, and I'm still just going to go ahead and say Stan and Peggy. 
2015. Fair enough. Jojo? I'm going to kind of second that. I don't think he's going to figure it out. I was kind of hoping that this the back half of this season was going to start out with some sort of uh, a movement towards something. And and, it, and it's possible that that's where they're going. And I just, I just you know, and we're all going to go along for the ride. And it's going to be, this is going to be the turn. And, and, and they have set that up. They, they've set it up to go that way. We've we've cleared that we've cleared the field, right? I mean the the, the ex wife has been paid off with a million dollars. She's mm-hmm. totally out of the picture. We've got a complete blank slate in the apartment. It, you know he's in a position uh, emotionally. He's cleansed. He's tried out something totally damaged, and he's he decided he can't fix that. So I mean, in, in, in he's got all the all the all the all the pieces of the puzzle are in place to make a real transition and a real change, or to not. And and I uh, my uh, my instinct is that he's probably not. Yeah, I, I see a lot of truth in what you're saying um, because this these last two episodes have been about not only stripping Don of everything but his job um, so that he can start something fresh potentially, but he's no longer in a position to ask, why am I not happy? Because he has clear reasons as to why. There's no, It's no longer a mystery. And in, shutting, in, in pursuing and then shutting down this die storyline... There's also not a an easy fix. There is no easy fix. You can't just land another relationship and try to make it work. Well, yeah, there's no woman that's going to make you happy. You have to figure out what's wrong with you to make you happy. Exactly. So the question is, will he figure that out? I don't know if he will figure it out, but I do think these last five episodes are going to be what I've wanted since season four in the episode where he was writing in his diary, um, which is... He is going to take the steps to find it. And I hope that he recognizes that there is no woman that will ever give it to him and that it's something that he has to pry open himself. And hopefully he doesn't die at the end of it. That's uh, that's the thought. Yeah, I hope he doesn't die. Well, yeah. I don't want that's that. So that Everyone terrible. dies. It's but I'm hoping it's more a flash forward to the future and he dies yeah. than a suicide. 2003. Death. Something terrible happened we never knew about. <laughs> right. All right, folks. That's going to be the end of our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please return next Monday and every single Monday until the end of the season for more of the Mad Men After Show. We're going to be recapping the rest of season seven. Sterling, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at. Sterling Cates. And Joe? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Joe Flippo. J-O-E-F-L-I-P-O. Wonderful. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also check out all my videos on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Matt Lieberman. Or you could just go to www.lieberfriends.com. And that, that goes right to my channel where I post advice content creative. four days a week, uh, as well as live Google Hangouts once a week. Uh, I'm going to be doing Orphan Black here at AfterBuzz and SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd. Thank you all so much. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.